Yo guys, what is good? Welcome back to the Uncle Sharma channel. Here on a Saturday morning here in the UK, got my cup of tea or chada cup or you know whatever you guys want to call it, chai as some people might call it. So yeah, today match preview of course for tomorrow's match. Another uh, it will be around around about this time actually, 11, half eleven uh, UK kickoff time for Inter versus Udinese. Um, home match against Udinese. Apparently, it's going to be a good turnout as well at the Meazza Stadium. Um, it's going to be around 50,000 people are expected at the Meazza, which is really, really good because remember, we still have the reduced capacity at the moment in Italy and um, 50,000 is pretty much full, you know, sold out. For, that's pretty much the most Inter can put in. Um, I think it's around... 75% maximum and yeah it's uh, you know it's getting close to being a full sellout so very well done to Interisti always always backing this team no matter what happens this uh, our fan base always deserves a lot of credit good morning Sharif coming in um, got Iva in the house as well who's you know he is uh, you know he, he saw the thumbnail and he's seen he's seen what the theme is going to be for this uh, for this match preview and Indra as well you know uh, from a thumbnail, it looks as like I'm gonna get dedicated to a Rick Astley song. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down. Yeah, I mean, uh, we hope it seems at the moment, it seems that like we got Rick Roll by uh, Denzel and Mino Raiola, but we'll see, we'll see. This is this could be the um, the the redemption match for, for Dante Dumfries, and that is why you know, when I make my thumbnails, I always choose someone for a reason. So, you know, last match round, I chose. Alexis and Pinamonti because I thought they're going to be the key players this time around I've chosen Denzel Dumfries for Inter obviously redeeming himself from that disappointment from the Juve match and you know clearly he's been affected by it because of the fact that D'Ambrosio went to him after scoring that goal against Empoli he went to the bench to celebrate with Dumfries it means that you know these guys do read what's going on on social media these guys know what's you know the slander that they're receiving online the the newspaper articles that have been written about them so they do know these things and yeah even though he might not know italian denzel knows what's going on so that's why i've picked denzel dumfries and for udinese the guy i picked um he's looking a bit like a criminal in the thumbnail uh pereira who is you know the main man for udinese after after rodrigo de paul left um Ivar asks, do you know why Juve have so many empty seats? I saw against the Sassuolo. Yeah, they're having issues with that because it's, um, first of all, it's a smaller stadium. So their capacity reduced means that, you know, I think the full capacity is like 40, 41,000 or something. So already, even if they did, you know, full sellout at the moment would be only 20,000. Um, but yeah, they are. I've seen a few Juve fans posted. They're just struggling at the moment. There's no they're not doing well the fans are not going into stadium simple as that the the you know things are not going well last season you know Pirlo just about snuck in, into the fourth place um it's a club that's won for nine years in a row and they're not playing good football either it's not like you go to the Juve stadium especially with this Allegri team you're not you're not really going to get much of a spectacle are you you know the all these one nil wins or you know last match round you know 2-1 loss so you're not really getting much value for money either uh, so that's that, that's that's what it is. So obviously they have to do better with their marketing, with their sales, but they have to improve on the pitch. You know, it's the same with Inter. If you go back to you know our banter era, we weren't getting these kind of numbers that we are getting. You know, these days it's, it's just how it is. Fans 
they want to see good football they want to be excited like Julian is he's excited for tomorrow which is uh, interesting because this is not a match I'm excited for because Udinese as I've put in the in the in the description as I put down below we need to assemble our anti-terrorist task force with these guys because these guys are the certified terrorists of Serie A these guys are the jihadis these guys are the ISIS Udinesis I like to call these guys because I'm not even exaggerating I've got the stats to back it up because they were terrorists when the Paul was there and now that Rodrigo the Paul is gone miss miss Rodrigo but now that the Paul is gone they're even worse um, if we get the average possession stats in the Serie A as you can see there um, Napoli right at the top with 59% on average and Udinese right down at the bottom with 41.6 even lower than Salernitana and Cagliari who have been absolutely awful so that just tells you all you need to know about Udinese they do not care about keeping the ball they do not care about making the match you know good to watch let's see how many shots per game do they have you know the shots per game they're not too bad at least they have around 12.4 uh, which puts them kind of mid-table so they, they do they're, they're efficient with their possession they're not you know they're, they're not like the other teams at least so they do try to do something and goals wise where are they 17th in the league only 12 goals um so they're just averaging one goal a match for the moment so um yeah it's not it's not really a match i'm looking forward to because it is always a difficult match against Udinese. If we look at the head-to-head as well um apart from the last one in the, the last season the 5-1 but that was when things were already decided you know Udinese were already safe I think Inter by then had already won the title it was kind of that um, freestyle you know autopilot Conte team that were just uh, uh, picking teams apart at the end of the season so I would kind of ignore this result but you can see all the other ones have been pretty close uh, the nil-nil actually at their stadium was probably the last bad result Conte's team had before going on that amazing run to the to the Scudetto uh, this is probably the kick that was, that match was probably the kick up the arse that that team needed to just get get things you know over the line but yeah even before that uh, the season before it was 2-0 away and then before in the match before that 1-0 and then 0-0 1-0 so have been very very close matches overall Inter obviously have the the better of them nine goals for Inter one goal for Udinese over the last uh, um matches or so mostly into wins no wins for Udinese recently but it's not a match to underestimate at all um in the let's have a look at the uh predicted lineups as well going into uh inter uh the sky sports usually are the most accurate as uh, my experience tells me and it looks like Ranocchia is coming in he was rumored in the previous match as well but he didn't get the start Skriniar arrested in the last match so it makes sense for Skriniar to come back in and then it makes sense to Rest Stefan de Vrij, who I've been saying, you know, I feel like he does need rest. He now plays for Holland as well in the international break, which he didn't used to have to do before because um, Van Hal is preferring him to um, the league. So it makes sense for Ranocchi to come in. And it makes sense for Ranocchi to come in because of the player, the striker that Udinese have up front, who is called uh, Beto. Uh, <laughs> this guy's supposed to even have the name of the photo for him, but he's the top scorer at the moment this season and he's a six foot three, six foot four striker who has been causing trouble in the air for teams this year this season. He's a Portuguese international. I don't know if he's international, but he's a Portuguese player. Um he's actually been decently impressive. And he's also said that he's an interista. 
or that you know he grew up supporting Inter. I saw an interview that he likes Inter. And we know what these types of players usually are like against Inter. They usually seem to score against Inter. So yeah, it makes sense for on, on a number of levels to start on Nokia to 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 keep an eye on Beto in terms of height and aerial uh, threat, but also just to rest the right finally. And yeah, we've seen Ranocchi over the years that he's proven to be a good backup when needed. Um, and yeah, let's see if Inzaghi manages to keep his level high as Conte did. Uh, Brozovic, of course, starting. Hopefully, if the match, you know, we have to start looking ahead to the Milan derby as well, which is next weekend. We've got the Sheriff match, of course, before, which is really, really important still. But we have to start thinking about the Milan derby as well. We want to make sure that the best players are there, ready, fit and, you know, fresh, not too tired going into that match. So hopefully Brozovic can be substituted around in the 60th, 70th minute if, you know, someone, if Vidal can drop in there or Gagliardini can go in there or, you know, even if you put someone else or Sainsi can go in there, we'll see. Um, you know, Barella has been kind of the vice Brozovic up until now, but, you know, it, he can't be the vice Brozovic when they're both usually on the pitch at the same time. Um, so let's see who Inzaghi thinks can't take that mantle when, when Brozovic isn't there. Uh, Hakan coming back in, uh, I, I agree. You know, he needs to. It's another. It's a few redemption actually matches. Um, you know, we talked about Dumfries already, but Hakan as well, who's been up and down. I, I haven't. You've, you guys know my thoughts. I've been kind of protecting Hakan. I really don't feel like he's been as bad as people are making out to be. But he definitely still has a lot to com- convincing to do, and he's obviously trying to trying to play to start in the Milan derby. He wants to start that match, I'm sure. He doesn't care if he doesn't play for the rest of the season, but he wants to play against the against AC Milan, and I'm sure he's looking to trying to score against Milan. So he wants to impress in this match, and yeah, we need uh, we need Hakan to play uh, at a high level with Vidal coming in as well. You know, Vidal looks like he was um, pretty much you know becoming the the left centre mid of choice. You know, because we saw his, his performances were convincing against Sheriff. He put in. You know, a really good performance. His substitute performances have also been good. And then, unfortunately, just before the Juve match, he had that flu-like symptoms. Or yeah, he was taken down with some little illness, which stopped his um, his little positive run. But hopefully, he's back, fully 100% fit. I've seen he he bought a new Fiat Panda as well over the weekend. And he posted on Instagram <laughs> some mint-colored uh, Fiat Pandas. He's got you know he's got the Ferraris and he got the Fiat Pandas. He's got interesting taste in cars. But yeah. Hope uh, Vidal is back at his best, and we need him. We need his uh, runs into the box, his late runs into the box, that kind of goal-scoring ability with Udinese, who will be sitting back deep. Um, it's really vital that we have um, someone like him who breaks the lines with his runs off the ball, and maybe someone like Brozovic and Hakan trying to pick him out. Um, Perisic back in. I'm happy. You know, Perisic needed the rest as well after the Juventus match where he picked up a little knock. Di Marco did a great job against Empoli, but I think it makes sense for Perisic to come back in. Um, and then, also, of course, Di Marco can come in the second half to give him rest if needed. And yeah, as we said, Dumfries has to be the redemption match. He has to impress. Uh, who is he up against? Uh, Dumfries will be up against... Uh, is he up against Molina? Because, yeah, because Trigger Larson usually is a, a right wing back as well, but it looks like he's playing on the, on the left. So, yeah, Dumfries should be able to go up against Struger Larsson you know he's not the best uh, wing back out there Struger Larsson primarily remembering for that stupid ass handball he did against the AC Milan last season one of the most stupid and shady handballs you'll ever see in Serie A I mean his hand was like right up there what was he doing so as last week I thought that you know that match was 
you know the right match for Dumfries to step in, in my opinion. But yeah, if if this is the match, this is also a decent match for him to step in. You know, it's not the most difficult opposition. Um, you know, if this is the match where you know Dumfries, you have to. If you can't perform against the likes of Udinese, you know the Empolis and these types of teams, then you're not good enough for Inter. And as I said, we, we're going to give him time. I don't want to jump on his back like a lot of people are, like already calling him the new Dalbo and all that kind of stuff. But we need uh, Dumfries. This is not a development academy. We need these guys to start performing. And talking about we needing people to start performing. Tuku Correa, my guy, you guys know I like Correa, but he's not living up to the price tag. His injury issues are becoming concerning. His general substitute appearances haven't been too convincing either, apart from the, you know, the... Hellas Verona one which is carrying his into career at the moment and so it's going to be a brand new front two of Jeco Correa which we haven't seen until now from the beginning anyway we've seen it I think in in, in um, you know throughout through a match but we haven't seen it from the start and yeah Correa like Sanchez did last match round he has to grab the chance with both hands I'm sad for Sanchez actually I felt like you know Udinese's former team as well I felt like he deserved to start another match but with this oh, this is what I was saying I feel like these are the type of matches where you do need to start if you can experiment a little bit because these experiments will yield results later on in the season. Like if you find out that Correa and Jekyll have a really good partnership, then, you know, this will help us further in the season. Um, you know, if you find, I would have liked to have seen Alexis and uh, Jekyll from the beginning. As I said, I feel like that's a partnership we haven't seen until now. But yeah, maybe we get to see it in the second half. Who else have we got in the house? Uh, Indro says uh, going to the toilet stadium looks like Turin have a sanitary problem nowadays yeah I don't know what's going on in Turin these days good morning Ali um, yes let's hope for a good match tomorrow um, yeah not not good from Juve fans to be honest they need to be supporting their team even if it's going through a bad period Bader in the house as well Sheriff oh thank you very much for your donation man thank you. you're a channel member and you're also supporting the channel like this uh, appreciate you very much thank you so much sir um who is the danger man from Udinese nowadays Pereira Molina yeah I think those two Pindro you pretty much picked the right two guys I was going to talk about when it comes to Udinese not much to talk about guys you know the guys need to just make sure you get three points here uh Silvestri in goal replacing Musso he's a guy that was linked with Inter good goalkeeper very good signing from them you know only three four million um, very smart signing but I feel like he's a slight step down from Musso backline they're all pieces of s as you know people will say you know especially Bacal this guy's got such a punchable face one of the most punchable faces in Serie A always you know doing dirty little niggly fouls him and Lautaro actually if you remember in that 5-1 Udinese match really got into it you know I think Lautaro even had to be substituted because he was so nervous him and Bacal just kept uh, you know doing some some stuff to each other like fouling and elbowing and saying stuff to each other I think is that Brazilian versus, you know Brazilian versus Argentina type thing uh, Noinchik in the middle Samiria it's not a great lineup but the thing is they all sit back real deep um, real deep actually yeah let's, let me get some uh, little um, Udinese uh, who did they play last because there was a yeah I guess when they play against Hellas Verona last time round I think one of the goals is a very good example of what these guys do um, yeah, this is on the counter. Uh, Isaac's success scoring, you know, this is one thing you have to make sure you don't lose. You don't lose the ball in these types of positions that are right up here because um, they will punish you. Uh, and then the goal that uh, Udinese conceded is also 
a good example of what the type of goals that you need to uh where is it oh no actually there's a, there's a penalty that they conceded what was the example that i was looking for oh yeah it was this one barrow against them uh when bologna played them uh where is the goal it was a goal where you know they pretty much had the whole back line there there it is they're all look at them one two three four five six seven eight nine players there all you know at the back that's what they're going to do they're going to sit back at the but what you have to do is make sure that you know we got bologna here have five players six with this guy here uh barrow making the run you have to you know pack the box you have to take risks when you have to try to you know you can't outnumber them but you have to try get and these runs behind as we're talking about you know vidal Dumfries. i can see you know if Dumfries can make this type of run where brozovic or hakan someone can try to pick him out with a ball like that this is the way that you can undo that um udinese defense the udinesis defense for sure um yeah apart from that uh pereira as i said main man he's kind of going to be roaming in behind beto uh, it could be also delofeo starting he's also a danger man he scored a couple of goals this season but yeah molina's one to watch out because molina he's been linked to inter and i do like molina he starts now he's the starting right back for um argentina in the national team he had a good season for udinese last year um you know we know inter and argentinians in general he's a decent he's a decent player so definitely watch out molina and tell me after the match when we do the match reaction tomorrow what are your thoughts were on molina could he possibly be you know possible future right wing back for inter if things don't work out with dumfries um so yeah make sure to keep an eye out on him and apart from that it's a very workhorse midfield not much to not much to say about the udinese midfield apart from that um Last time we played Udinese, Paris scored a banger. Hope he does that again. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, but as I said, that match was probably... Uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't really count that match. It was kind of like, you know, at the end of the season when the Udinese didn't really care anymore and Inter were just in cruise control mode. I face Silvestri is going to be in ISIS mode tomorrow. Yeah, it is, it is a fear. Silvestri is a good, good goalkeeper, um, but he's not Musso. Rotation is a must. November, we need a fully fit squad. Yeah, Rovro now... Fingers crossed. I mean, we even since he's fit, so we've literally got a fully fit squad. But the uh, international break is coming after the the Milan derby, so let's see how long this lasts for. Never usually lasts uh, very long, but yeah, rotation. He's definitely rotating more than uh, maybe he's not rotating the back line more than Conte, but he's definitely rotating the rest of the team in Zaghi more than Conte ever was. Um, Ivar says time for Korea to deliver. People like slander Dumfries, but Korea is the biggest disappointment so far. Well, I disagree. I mean, we can't blame Correa too much because he's actually been injured most of the time. Even when he's had those few substitute appearances, he's kind of coming back from... Because even with the last international break, he was injured for Argentina. And even the last... Uh, before the Empoli match, the Juventus match, he was out of the squad because of injury. So he's been more because of the injury issues more than... Dumfries has actually not been injured. Dumfries has actually, you know, been fine. He's just not adapted yet but I expect Dumfries not to be able to adapt yet with Correa he's a guy who's been in Serie A he's played in the 3-5-2 he's played under Inzaghi he he needs to he needs to do a bit more for sure and you know being the 31 million signing I <laughs> need Erdogan army against ISIS <laughs> yeah Hakan with his uh, Erdogan uh, salute rather give Alexis another start Correa needs to earn the start by performing first from the bench like Alexis does yeah I agree I agree I think Alexis should have started this match but 
as we've been saying, man, Korea was the big signing for for Inzaghi. He wanted Korea, so there must have been a reason. Um, he's our big summer signing, 31 million. So these are the type of matches. We're not going to start Korea in the Milan derby. I can pretty much guarantee he's not going to get to start that match. So the the only way you're gonna you're not gonna you can't experiment with Korea in the Champions League because that's another must must win match. At least in the in the Serie A, you can get away with like you know as we've seen. Even if the first half isn't great, you know, second half you bring Sanchez on, you bring Lautaro on. In the Champions League, though, you'll be punished. You know, um, Sheriff on the counter will punish you. You can't afford to do that in in Champions League at the moment. With Serie A, it's uh, the quality of the opposition. You can still afford to kind of do these types of things. And if you're not going to do it now, then when are you going to do it? So I I do want Lexis to start this match, but Correa if we want to give Korea playing time and you know a time to adapt this is the type of matches where he needs to do it and then yeah if you Korea does perform in this match and then you you know you already start to change your mind about Korea I was like oh, okay so he is a proper alternative to Alexis and Lautaro maybe um, the danger man from Udinese is Silvestri I know he's going to give a Buffon check performance against us yeah we always know the goalkeepers against Inter are always uh, uh, you know, the prime Manuel Neuer, you know, these guys are absolutely mad. But um, I remember last time round uh, for Hellas Verona, Silvestri wasn't that good um, last time we played last season. Pregnancy magic can revive since his career. Into, yeah, you know, we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that baby to come to come through, come out. Um, saw some pictures of Sensi looking smiling and happy in training. So, yeah, with Sensi, you just have to give him some time and before you start you know starting him in matches because it's always risky against teams like this an early goal is key yeah but the, that is true you know the early goal opens up the match because these guys happy to finish nil nil if they that that would be the ideal result actually for Udinese <laughs> they don't they don't care one bit uh, if they come out you know they'll be happy with the with the draw coming out of San Siro uh, let's have actually a quick look they're 14th in the table at the moment um so they are, yeah. So they had three one-one draws in the last uh, in the last matches. Bloody hell, how many draws? So they had the draw against Verona, the draw against Atalanta. You know, so in the big match they they've done quite well against Atalanta. Um, drew against the Bologna, then this is some friendly. Then they drew Sampdoria, and then they lost against Fiorentina. So yeah, these guys are very happy to just draw out matches. What are the big matches that they played this season? Oh, they got smashed by Napoli. That's what we need to do. Napoli type of performance. That's what we needed. And then Roma beat them 1-0. That, that is also fine. Whatever gets the three points. But, you know, we need to make a big statement performance before the before the derby. Um, and that's the thing, yeah. Early goal opens up the gates. Who's the best duo with Correa? Lautaro or Dzeko? Now, that's the thing. That's, that's what we need to find out, guys. Uh, Sendo, especially, you know, we don't know yet. For Argentina, Lautaro and Correa have played together, so maybe that could be the best partnership, but we don't know. They haven't played together at Inter. Playing for Argentina, where they play in a different formation, is different. Different style of play in international football. Could Dzeko and Correa be the best partnership? Up until now, I think it still is Lautaro and Dzeko, because those are the two best strikers. Maybe their partnership isn't the best at the moment, but... You know, if it's a do or die match, it's a final match, who are you starting? You're starting Lautaro and Dzeko. But I think a more creative guy in this team behind those two guys might be, especially in a match like this against this uh, closed team. And uh, Correa in the past has uh, shown 
that you know he can unlock a defense like Udinese. I've seen he scored a great solo goal for Lazio once for against Udinese. You know he went past a couple of guys and uh, slotted the ball in. So this is the type of matches where you know I think Correa has been signed for these types of matches where you need individual brilliance. You need something a little bit different, something that you know Conte's team used to struggle a little bit where the you know, PlayStation play, the, the 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 memorized moments, the memorized plays didn't quite work out against these teams because, you know, when you have 10 guys behind the ball, nothing really works. You need that little moment of 1v1 ability that takes out one player and then, you know, you can start to create danger, create numerical superiority. So these are the type of matches where Correa, you know, this when we sign Correa, this is what I was saying that, you know, interlock, you know, can he even trying to win a penalty or something, you know, doing something out of the ordinary that, you know, inter teams haven't been able to do. This is what we need um, from Correa in this match. So, yeah, all eyes are definitely on Correa um, and uh, hope he steps up because uh, I do want Correa to succeed really badly. I do like him. Have my doubts about Correa, Indra says. Um, not sure if the duo is going to work at Inter, even Argentina, two of them really play together since Messi always plays. Yeah. I mean, the Argentina team is just imp- impossible to get in. You know, Dybala can't get into that team. Papu Gomez, even when he was at his best, barely got into that team. You know, it's a difficult team to get in. Um, does Inzaghi shift formations like Conte did last two seasons? Um, we don't... Yeah, Conte used to go to like a 5-4-1 sometimes when defending a lead. Um, we haven't really seen that from, uh, from Inzaghi much. Um, there have been moments where we have gone like four at the back, but that's when we're chasing a match when Di Marco comes on. Um, but yeah, I haven't really looked at it properly. That's what we're gonna do, me, Mo, uh, in a, in a few days or maybe next week or in an international break. We're gonna do a video comparing tactically the differences between Conte's Inter and Inzaghi's Inter, and then we can, yeah, we'll try to analyze, you know, what are the formations in play that Inzaghi has played as well. Um, we're going to try to look at, you know, Barella's role, the difference in Barella's role, all that kind of stuff. We're going to try, you know, use Mo's tactical brain. Uh, what would we do to have Ericsson back and playing under Inzaghi? Yeah, man, it, it was sad news yesterday that pretty much Inter announced semi-officially that, you know, in Ericsson's time at Inter is pretty much done because he's not allowed to play at Inter. But yeah, I always say, you know, Ericsson would have enjoyed playing under Inzaghi. He would have given, been given a lot more freedom compared to Conte's team and yeah it's a shame um, Bader asks would you prefer an in-game switch to 3-4-3 if needed we have the ideal squad for that yeah I think we do have a, a squad for that I think it depends how you how you see it you know um, I think the 3-4-3 can only work if you yeah if you've got both Barella and Brozovic you know being but they have to be a lot more disciplined. But that, that that has to be a that has to be a chasing the match type of uh, formation. I don't think it can work from the beginning, because um, that you know you you know Barella can definitely do that role. But then you, you he's going to be a lot deeper. Brozovic is going to be a lot deeper. Um, you kind of um, limit those two, and then you have you rely a lot more on the front three. But our front three. I think a 3-4-3, you need more winger type players. I think, you know, what you know what Conte had at Chelsea, whereas Hazard and Willian, you know, guys that can create things, can, you know, beat men, be, have a bit of pacing behind as well. We've got our our strikers, you know, striker strikers, apart from Sanchez and Correa, 
Um, but Sanchez is almost like, you know, an attacking midfielder. And he hasn't got that explosiveness anymore. And yeah, Correa, <laughs> we don't really know what he is at the moment. So we still need to find out. I think for that formation, you definitely need, I feel like you need more wingers in that in that type of formation. Um, but yeah, I think definitely when you're chasing a match, you know, you could put Sensi in behind one of the strikers. You could put, yeah, you could put, you know, Sensi, uh, Sensi Correa, Sensi Lautaro, you know, you've got a lot of options for that. But, you know, you could even put Hakan in that role in behind. So we definitely possibly work in that formation. But I think defensively, is, it's not going to be solid. <laughs> yeah, we all want to see Sensi fit, man. Uh, Limone tried to play him as Regista. Yeah, I think uh, I think Inzaghi did mention because Conte did not see Sensi as a as a regista, um, even though Mancini for Italy sees him as a possible regista. When when he plays for Italy, a few times he's played as a regista, Sensi, and I think Inzaghi sees him as a regista. I see him as a regista, but obviously in a, in a regista when a, when we you know in a match where we're dominating possession, not against you know in the big matches where we need Sensi defensively. But yeah, I think he's in my mind the ideal. Vice Brozovic. Um, yeah, I mean, if if we played in, you know, in more like a four-three-one-two, that maybe could work. But I, I don't. Really, I wouldn't even say Correa is an attacking midfielder. I think he really is a very specific kind of just a roaming second striker. Like he's 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 a very um, he's a hard player to kind of describe. But maybe he could be a good attacking midfielder as well. Um, yeah that's the issue we don't really have any any wingers in this team you could maybe you know Conte tried it last year Conte tried a 3-4-2-1 against Hellas Verona last year I remember last season he tried to match up 3-4-2-1 and it was um, Lautaro and Perisic behind Lukaku and it did not work you know Perisic looked like looked lost there and Lautaro didn't look great there so that was a bit of a failed experiment I think Bastoni can perform left wing back role yeah, I mean, if, if it's an emergency, but he, he he could he could do that. You know, he always does bomb up and down a lot of times. He offers that overlapping run, so he could he could definitely do it. But it's definitely not ideal. He's not um, it's not his ideal position. But you know, if we're like you know struggling for players, it could work out. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, give me your match predictions. Half an hour gone. Um, are we going for another clean sheet? Or Udinese are gonna are they gonna are they gonna sneak in a goal? Hmm. I'm confident. I'm under under Inzaghi. I'm quite confident against these smaller teams. It's the big matches right now with Inzaghi that my doubts are coming in. I feel like this um this inter team can break down these uh these uh these teams. I'm going for yeah. Let's go for another clean sheet. Let's go for another clean sheet. Um. King Abdullah is going for a 2-0. Sharif is going for a 2-0. Julian's going for a 2-0. Uh, Kuro Black is going for a 3-1. Um, Filippo saying Chala to Ranocchia. Yeah, you know, less uh, Chala back in the in the lineup. So you see, always this, as we said last match, there's always one between Chala and Di Marco. Notice as the season goes on if this is true, because it seems like it is true. Inzaghi wants to keep one of these set pieces in the team at, at one at, at some point. And uh, yeah, that's probably. Ah, I like that. That could be. A, I could see Ranocchia or you know Skriniar getting a, getting a set piece goal. Um, although Udinese are quite good in the air, they've got quite a tall team. Um, yeah, let's go for a. Indra says two 0 as well. 
I'm gonna go for a one nil, just because how difficult I think Udinese are going to make it. Another two nil. Yeah, I do want, I do want, uh, I do want like Korea to get a goal or an assist or something like to get his confidence going and Denzel. All right, let's go. Let's go for. Yeah, go on. Then. Let's go for a two nil. Let's go for a two nil. Uh, Loom's not confident about a, a clean sheet. Yeah, I think I think Jekyll will score. I think Skriniar will score. Or Denzel will score one. I think one defender and one striker will score. Um, and then, yeah, we can go into the Sheriff match with confidence. And then we can go into the Milan derby with confidence. Yeah, I'm happy with that. If we get a 2-0 victory, another clean sheet, that's, uh, that's the most important thing. Actually, quickly, before we go, just comparing... This, I'm gonna do this actually every I'll try, I'll try to if I remember every match before or through the season anyway until unless we start to go really really bad I'm gonna compare the uh, current standings to last season so you know I got you guys know I like to use that soccer stats um, website that lets you compare the previous seasons and that so yeah we're still exactly on pace as last season We've conceded two less goals than last season and scored the exact same amount of goals. So we're on track. We're on track compared to last season. It's just that, you know, Milan and Napoli right now are going on a different pace. So we just need to keep the pace. That's the that's the only way. So three points is the only way to keep it. And yeah, as you guys know, every match preview or review, this is the column that I'm com- concerned with. We've improved. We were, we were below Atalanta and Sassuolo. Uh, and Juventus last match round, but now we're above them. And now I want to I want to go ahead of Torino. I want to keep the number to twelve for different goals conceded. Um, and we have to hope for Roma to keep to keep it to ten. I want them to do a job for us against the, our cousins AC Milan. And yeah, of course, keep this number right on top. So and then of course we got to move this number right to the very top. Um, yeah guys thank you very much for joining me 35 minute match preview hope you guys enjoyed uh, make sure you guys are leaving a thumbs up and subscribing and uh, yeah thank you for joining me on this uh, odd timing it was a, a you know morning match preview which is not usual but tomorrow is a morning match so why not thank you guys and i'll see you for the post-match reaction tomorrow make sure you join me tomorrow for the post-match which hopefully will be a positive one ciao ragazzi Forza inter